This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with His Excellency Archbishop Alexander Sample. Today we'll be discussing the resurrection and what's its meaning and purpose in our lives. And happy Easter. It's happy great to Easter. see you, Archbishop. Wonderful. He is risen. He is truly risen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I wanted to really, as we are in this Easter season, 50 days, to really reflect on the resurrection. What does it mean? You've been talking so much about the charisma mm-hmm. and, and how important it is in our life. So as we enter into this discussion, let's open Absolutely, with prayer. As always, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, your Son Jesus has truly risen from the dead and has become the source of eternal salvation for all who will believe in him. We ask you with your Son, Jesus, to send the Holy Spirit already into our midst, into the minds and hearts of our listeners, Lord, that we ask you to touch their hearts in a special way during this broadcast. So we place this time, as always, in your hands, asking you to lead us and guide us. All this we ask through Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. Amen. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, as we say so often, this is a season. This is the biggest season, 50 days. You know, and so so even though we're obviously a little ways already Mm -hmm. now from Easter Sunday, that's why we continue to say Happy Easter. Yeah. You know, we can say certainly during the first octave uh, of Easter, the uh, the octave of Easter, the first week after Easter, we we can say uh, Happy Easter because every day during that octave is like a little Easter Sunday. But really throughout this whole Easter season, we can continue to say mm-hmm. Happy Easter because we continue to celebrate the great feast of the resurrection. Yeah. And it really should, it should lead us into a different way of life. I think about hearing the Acts of the Apostles and how did their lives begin to change? What did they do? And I want to just open with you reflecting on this charisma. CCRR. I heard Father Peter Julia goes, CCRR, created, captured, rescued, and our response. Right, right. And how this resurrection, this isn't just a historical fact. Mm -hmm. This is... This is our lives and how we, who we believe and how we should conduct ourselves because of what we believe in Jesus' resurrection. Right, exactly. And, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is very much a part of this charisma. It is, it is, it is really the crowning piece, if you will, of the charisma. Uh, and, and yeah, we, we, we talk about that CCRR, created, captured, rescued response. Um, and, and in fact, in my, in my message uh, to, to the folks uh, at Easter this year, I asked them to reflect on this. This is our story. 
this, that which we have been celebrating, you know, we've been, we prepared all of those weeks of Lent uh, in our, through our prayers, in our practices of penance, in our, our greater charity and almsgiving, perhaps, I hope. We were preparing ourselves to celebrate this, this Paschal mystery. And especially when we got into Holy Week, while we were in high gear to celebrate the high holy days of our year. But what, we're, what are we celebrating during that week especially? We're celebrating the kerygma. We are celebrating the very reason for our existence. We, we're celebrating our common story, that story that unites every human person who has ever walked and who will ever walk the face of the earth. This is our common story, the story of God's relationship to us his beloved sons and daughters whom he created in his own image and likeness. So that's that's the whole idea. We were created in God's image and likeness. We were created in relationship to him. But we, we had been captured mm-hmm. uh, by the enemy, by Satan, by the devil, by Lucifer. Uh, we had been captured. We had been deceived. We had been lied to. And he continues to deceive us and lie to us. But God did not leave us and abandon us in our state of of capture and imprisonment. Rather, he came to our rescue. Jesus came to our rescue. The eternal Son of God came to our rescue in our own flesh. And in that flesh, he took our sins to the cross. And on the cross, he rescued us. He defeated Satan. He defeated the devil. He overcame death. And he obtained for us the forgiveness of our sins, reconciliation to God, and opened for us the way to eternal life. And that was validated, if you will, and given the strongest uh, emphasis in the resurrection, that death did not have the final word Mm -hmm. over Christ. Death will no longer have the final word because Jesus has conquered death in his glorious resurrection. So when Jesus rose from the dead... It's, it's the crowning of the, of the Paschal mystery. It's the crowning of the kerygma, that Jesus died and rose again for our salvation so that we could have the gift of eternal life and the freedom from our sins. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. And we hear throughout the Easter season the Acts of the Apostles. What can we learn from Peter? He encounters, we have eyewitnesses that in Peter... Mary Magdalene, hundreds of people encountered the risen Lord. How did it change their lives? Well, it changed it. It changed their lives certainly forever. It changed the world yeah. forever, and it should change our lives as well forever. We we look back at at you know the story of the of the resurrection and the the acts of the apostles those first days after the resurrection and Pentecost and the the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the and the proclamation of the kerygma that's that's what Peter and the other apostles did they proclaimed the the kerygma what I just said that Jesus Christ is is the eternal Son of God made flesh who came to rescue us, to free us from sin and death and open for us the way to eternal life through his passion, death, and resurrection. That's it. That's what they proclaimed. Now, you know, remember, these were the men who were scared to death mm-hmm. the night that Jesus was arrested, right? They're frightened. You know, Peter, the first pope, denies even knowing who Jesus is. He denies him three times. Of course, Judas betrays him. The only one there at the foot of the cross is 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 Saint John, the beloved disciple, you know. And uh, they've all run off. They're afraid. They're scared to death. And then they're they're hiding in 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 the upper room and scared that the, now they're going to be next to be to be attacked and 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 arrested and and killed. 
But then there's this transformation that happens. And the transformation comes from their encounter with Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Yes, they, he was their master. Yes, he was their teacher, their rabbi. Yes, he was the one who, whom they had come to believe was the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the one for whom they had been waiting. They came to believe all of that. But in his death, all that was shattered for them. And they lost all hope. He had spoken to them about that, that the Son of Man in three days will be raised, but they didn't, they didn't understand that. They really kind of thought it was over. Yet, it's not over. Mm-hmm. And when they come to encounter Jesus Christ risen from the dead, that changes everything. And then later when they receive the outpouring of the Spirit, which we'll celebrate coming up at Pentecost, that just set their hearts on fire. So those men who are afraid to even whisper the name of Jesus for fear of being killed themselves, now will go out into the streets into the whole world and boldly proclaim Jesus Christ risen from the dead. And what changed for them was that they had, they had experienced Jesus risen from the dead. They actually they saw him, they touched him, they spoke with him, they shared a meal or two with him, he was real. And when he, when he appears to them, he, he's like he's emphasizing it. He shows them his hands and his feet. He says, this is really me. Do not be afraid. I've risen. I am alive. And he's alive forever. And that's what gives them, along with the gift of the Spirit of Pentecost, the courage to go forth and proclaim this. Because really, there's no other explanation for why we're still, still here today. But we have the same, and this is, this is what is important to remember. From a human perspective, it would have looked like everything was over with when Jesus died on the cross. You know, another religious leader come and gone. And his followers, you know, now they've lost their leader and another movement is going to fade away and, and become nothing. I mean, how many of these movements have there been even at the time of Jesus? But here we are 2,000 years later, still thriving and growing and live in the Holy Spirit. What What was different about this was that this leader rose from the dead, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. truly rose from the dead. And their, their experience of the risen Christ is what changed everything. They saw him risen from the dead. And then with the gift of the Spirit, they had no hesitancy to go out and proclaim that to the world. And in the proclamation of that good news, the kerygma, the world has changed forever. Yeah. And Archbishop, as you talk about that, we can look back at at Peter and the apostles, the birth of the church, Pentecost, but then here we are today. We as believers, we live our lives, but we can encounter, and and in many places today, those that don't believe or maybe who have and have turned away from that belief. I think about all the prayers that we've prayed during Holy Week, particularly for those who don't believe, those who do not know God. Mm -hmm. Um, How do we live in a culture that doesn't believe in the resurrection or certainly doesn't act like they believe in the resurrection of Jesus. Well, guess what? We're right we're right back <laughs> we're like in the days of the early church, aren't we? Yeah. When you we, when we really stop and think about it, you know, the apostles and others, as you mentioned, hundreds, you know, saw Jesus risen from the dead. They experienced him, but the rest of the world didn't believe that. That for the for to the rest of the world that meant nothing. They wouldn't have believed it. Uh, and so it was very similar to today where so many people don't either believe in the resurrection or they don't even know about the resurrection. I have to tell you, I was listening to a news report the other day 
I was shocked. It was one of these uh, on the you know uh, person on the street interview kind of things where they go out and they ask people on the street you know a, a question, and the question was, "What is Easter? What is the meaning of Easter?" Okay, everybody you know celebrates Easter. We have Easter Sunday. It's you know we have the bunny and and the and the candy and the eggs and all of that. But what is Easter? And they were he, this interviewer was asking people on the street, "What is the real meaning of Easter?" And I was shocked that the majority of people that were asked did not know that at Easter we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. For them, it's some sort of weird spring holiday, but they don't know what's behind it. Mm -hmm. So as you point out, we live in a culture right now. And I have to say for us, uh, those of us who live here in the Pacific Northwest, it's particularly true here. We live amongst a people who have not heard this good news, who do not believe, who maybe don't even know the story. Right. They don't know our story. They don't know the story of God's relations with the world and with people from the beginning. And so I, I think there's a particular challenge for us in, in, in witnessing to this, this, because that's what we're called to do. And this is so, so, so important. You know, Jesus said to the apostles before he ascended back to the Father at his ascension, you know, all authority has been given to me. Go, you go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, he's saying that to the apostles, but he's really saying that to the whole church. He's saying that to each and every one of us. The apostles by themselves could not have evangelized the known world of their time. Today, it cannot be just on the backs, if you will, of the, of the priests and the bishops and the religious to evangelize the world and to bring this good news of God's love and mercy poured out in his son Jesus for us. Uh, this is a responsibility that every single baptized Catholic has. Each one of us, each one of you listening right now to my voice, you have a responsibility in Jesus to tell this story, to share this good news in any way that you can. Now, of course, the challenge for that is, well, how do I do this? I'm sure some of you right now are thinking, well, that sounds great, but I don't know how to do that. I, I'm not a theologian. You know? it's, not, it's not complicated. It's really quite simple to share the gospel, the good news with people whenever the door is open for us, you know, and I think that that's, that's key. You know, I I don't think it's effective, especially in our culture today. I mean, if you went down, I don't know, uh, Pioneer Courthouse Square here in Portland or in the Pearl District of Portland and got up on a soapbox on a corner and started preaching uh, this, this good news, you know, people just probably give you a curious look and just another thing that keeps Portland weird, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but it's the witness of our life. Mm-hmm. It's that we witness to something different in how we live, how we think, how we treat other people, how we care about other people, the joy mm-hmm. that we should exude. Even, even when we're going through difficulties and sufferings and crosses, a, a Christian should exude a certain joy, a certain peace. And people notice that. And that, those are when the doors open. Mm-hmm. You know, people might notice something different in us and question us about it. What makes you so different? Why are you always smiling? Mm-hmm. You know, or uh, we've talked about this in, in past programs in terms of evangelization. You know, when somebody says to you, you know, how are you today? You know, instead of just the standard says, oh, I'm fine. How are you? You know, say, oh, I'm so blessed. 
or, oh, I'm great, God is so good. You know, you've, you've, you've communicated your faith in a, in a subtle way, mm-hmm. but it opens a door. Or when you see somebody and they come to you with a problem, let's say, or they start opening their heart to you, a door is open for you to introduce Jesus into that. You know, to even say something when somebody's sharing their burdens with you and they're asking for advice or whatever, or just, just want a shoulder to, to cry on, if you will, sometimes. You know, to say something like, you know, whenever I've gone through difficult times like what you're going through right now, you know, let, me tell what you, let me tell you what's gotten me through. It's knowing that God is with me and that even though it may seem very dark and I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, if you mm-hmm. will, uh, I know God walks with me because uh, Jesus is with me and, and, and I know his love for me and I've, I've come to experience it in my own life. It's changed my life. See, these are the ways we can subtly share our faith with others, but we've got to share it. This is not meant to be a private religion, that we just live by ourselves with with God and with our brothers and sisters in our own parish church. Mm -hmm. This is something that we're meant to witness to. This is how the church grew in the beginning and will grow today. Absolutely. And the resurrection does change us. I love how you say Jesus changes everything. And what has happened in the life of Christ changes my life. And I should be, I'm called to be that witness. When we live in in a state, you know, you know, I live in Washington state now and Mm -hmm. I drive on I-5, (laughs) I-205 and the big billboard tells me that Oregon is a abortion-friendly state. It does. I didn't know that. It's a big billboard. Wow. And my heart just sinks, and I think, one, well, there's work for us to do, mm-hmm. and there's work for us to pray. But when we see in our own culture that the laws that we have agreed to as a state or as a country contradict my love of Jesus, what he teaches, and the risen Lord how do I wrestle with that yeah. as a Christian and and then keeping that joyfulness? Yes. Well, you know, I think we have the martyrs yeah. as our example. You know, as I said earlier, it's kind of like we're back in those early days of the church. Now, a lot has changed. Yes, you know, the world has already had right. an experience of Christianity. We're kind of in a post, post-Christendom era now. So it's not like we're proclaiming the gospel completely anew to people who have never heard it at all, although there are many of them that haven't. But, you know, there's a lot of people around who who have some church experience. But in many ways, we are like back in the days of the early church in in, in the midst of the pagan Roman Empire. You know, it was very hostile to the church. And listen, I, I, I hate to tell you folks out there, I don't mean to alarm you, but I think this is going to get even more hostile as time goes on. I can see it happening. It just the, uh, just in my short time as a priest, uh, well, maybe not so short, coming up on 33 years, but what's 33 years in, the, in terms of 2,000 yeah. years of church history? But I can just see it in my own lifetime, this growing, we went from, in my own time, went from a, a culture that was largely supportive of Christian values and morals and beliefs, a Christian perspective on life, if you will, to uh, a tolerance, to a mocking and making fun of, to now just uh, a open hostility, like like you know, Christians, disciples of Jesus were were somehow bigots and haters and 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 whatever else that that we want to be called, and you know, we're canceled uh, in this cancel culture. 
So yeah, this is these are tough times, and 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 I, I have to say that we're I think we're in for some tougher times ahead. But that's where we have to look again to the martyrs. Now, mm-hmm. pray God we may not have to shed our blood, but there is what the church is always referred to as kind of a white martyrdom. You know that 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 being willing to endure the suffering of being a disciple of Jesus in in opposition to the ways of the world and not being afraid to stand up in opposition, to speak our mind and our heart in opposition to the culture of death that, you know, that is all around us. You know, we, we, we mustn't be afraid. Uh, and I think many of us are, and we get kind of cowered into, into silence uh, because the forces against us sometimes can be so strong. But, you know, the, the martyrs weren't afraid to witness to Jesus. We won't have to shed our blood, most likely. They did. And they did so in witness to their faith in Jesus Christ risen from the dead, and they were not going to deny him. And many of them, many of them went to their deaths joyfully, Mm -hmm. singing the praises of God, pronouncing and, and proclaiming the name of Jesus. They saw martyrdom as as something as a, a, almost as a blessing that they were found worthy to offer their life for Christ. This is what I think Christians, we Catholics, are going to be asked uh, of in, in, the, in the days ahead, to, to be able to endure the suffering that is to come and not to, not to abandon our faith, not to abandon our Lord, to hold fast to the truths of our faith, what we know to be true, that Jesus has risen and he has sent the Holy Spirit among us you know, to guide us and lead us uh, through his church. We have to do that with joy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this is really something that uh, we Christians, Catholics in particular, need to learn. We need to learn to be strong in our faith, not to be afraid to oppose uh, the, the winds of our culture at times, but to do so with joy and peace and calm and patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see too many Catholics getting, and it's kind of this whole divisive culture that we're in right now. They're getting angry and hostile and um, sarcastic and uh, whatever other words you want to put in there. Just, just kind of miserable, uh, unhappy people. It's it's not very attractive to be honest. And when we can witness to the truth and not be afraid, I'm not talking about you know, the go-along, get-along culture. I'm talking about, no, we're going to stand firm in our faith. We're going to proclaim what we believe, but we're going to do so with peace, with joy, with love. Mm-hmm. Yes, to love our opponents, right. to love those who are pushing for agendas and, 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 and policies and political uh, movements and things that are completely inimical to everything we stand for as Christians. Can we love those people? Can we pray for those people? What does Jesus say? Blessed are you when they hate you and they persecute you and they utter every kind of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. And, and I, I think that we have, to, we have to find that sweet spot, if you will, of, of yes, standing firm in our faith, 
and against the winds of, of culture that, that, that are so strongly against us. We're swimming upstream. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that beginning of, if any of you are watching The Chosen, right. uh, on, <laughs> on, on uh, uh, the app, The Chosen app, uh, you know, about the life of Jesus. And the beginning credits always show fish swimming in all one direction. Every once in a while, one of the fish turns mm-hmm. and goes in the opposite direction, swimming upstream. We need to swim upstream. Yeah. But we need to do so with, with peace and joy in our hearts and with love. And, uh, uh, you know, I think when we, when we get angry and, and, and divisive with the political kind of rhetoric, uh-uh, I, I don't think that's what Jesus is asking us to do. Absolutely. And as we come to a close, I think about this season, I heard Todd Cooper say at least 700 people came into the church just in Western Oregon. And I think how many thousands around the globe, people are seeking the truth. They're seeking what is above. They're seeking the beauty and the good that only comes from Jesus Christ. And however their paths came, it led them home to the Catholic Church. That gives me hope. These these new men and women who have just been baptized, Mm -hmm. just received their first Holy Communion this season— that those are some of those people that we continue to love on, to mm-hmm. to pray for, and to enrich their lives because they're going to be the strongest witnesses. I think you know those newly those those con- converts. No, nothing, nothing like the zeal of a convert, as you well know, Dean right. There's nothing like the zeal of a convert. No, that's that's such a sign of hope for the church. And I remember uh, we had one uh, young fellow baptized at the cathedral this year, and uh, after after mass, as he was leaving and came up to greet me, you know, he was thanking me profusely, you know, for giving him the gift of baptism and and new life in Christ. And I told him, I said, listen, I said, I want you to know how overjoyed I am this night. I said, this is this, I am so happy for you. And I'm so happy for the church because you are a gift. You are new life for this church. You are going to, you're going to be on fire you know, for witnessing to the, to the Lord. Yes, something's happening. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I hear it anecdotally from many of the priests this year for, for the Holy Week services and, and, and Easter Sunday, of course, just a, a real resurgence again of, of the numbers of people coming. I, we saw this at the cathedral this year. Something's moving. Something's mm-hmm. happening. I think part of it is people are beginning to uh, wake up mm-hmm. from the nightmare of what it's been like to live without God. In, in our lives, the world, the more the world lives as if God doesn't exist, the more horrifying a place this world becomes. And I think people are starting to wake up to that mm-hmm. reality. And I think a lot of young people yeah. are starting. I'm running into more and more and more young adults who are drawn to the church, who are drawn to our sacred liturgy and the beauty, mm-hmm. the truth and the goodness of our Christian lives because they're looking for something more. And, and we have what they're looking for, and we can't be afraid to share it. Yeah. Jesus changes everything. everything. Absolutely. Well, with that, Archbishop, would you please close yes. us with your blessings? Yes. And through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and be with you and your families and loved ones forever. Amen. Amen. And as always, we want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning into this program and invite you to join us again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie. Until our next encounter, may God bless you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. 
please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.